Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm Pastor Jay Shears. Today we're going to talk about a subject that is often discussed, but not necessarily from a biblical standpoint or the biblical basis of the the reasoning for the, the particular topic. Now, we are in a period of uncertainty. Uh, We just had an election. We still haven't had a person declared, even though we've got a pretty good idea who it's going to be. President Trump has yet to concede, but it looks like the writing is on the wall. So now we have a change of political environment. Uh, New cabinet members, new, uh, uh, you know, people in, in different positions, whether it be the Treasury... Uh, And we just don't have a really solid idea of how that's going to affect the market, how that's going to affect the economy, short-term and long-term. We don't know what uh, policies are going to be passed, even though, you know, during the election period, there's a lot of promises made and a lot of things discussed. It really kind of is dependent upon, you know, who is running the Senate, uh, whether it's Republican or Democrat, whether there is a a hedge factor involved there that the Republicans can stop a, a uh, just a, <clears throat> a run over of the Democratic Party uh, in regards to policy making. So there's uncertainty uh, in, especially in our stewardship. Uh, now we have the, the virus uh, popping its head up again. Uh, there's a lot of businesses that are concerned about being shut down. We've got Uh, several different states and cities that are saying, well, you know, we're going to limit you to eight or 10 people in your restaurant. Uh, You have to close at eight or 11 o'clock in the evening. Uh, So there's just a lot of uncertainty. Uh, And to be honest, it's, it's fear. Um, You know, we can label it fear, even though we we shouldn't be afraid, but the the reality is um, uncertainty causes that. So in regards to those people that are invested, so who are those people that are invested? Because a lot of people that are in retirement plans do not consider themselves investors, but they actually are. So those people that are in 401ks, 403bs, 457 plans, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, um, you are investors, right? And you have, for the most part, you have exposure to what the market is doing. Um, so I think you really need to listen up to this particular the podcast because it, it's, it's highly important in times of uncertain, uh, uncertainty. The market is, is moving in, in different directions right now. We're, you know, we're up 500 points. We're down 300 points. We're up a thousand points. We're down a thousand points. There are ways to lessen, all right, lessen the risk involved. So what is risk? Risk is basically your tolerance to market movement, either gain or loss. Uh, a lot of people think of, of risk as only loss. Risk involves loss and gain. People don't complain about gain. They complain about loss. Um, but the, the higher the opportunity for gain normally means the higher opportunity for loss. It's kind of uh, uh, frick for frat, right? Um, if you say, well, I'd really like to earn 12 to 15%. 
uh, in a growth portfolio, you have to understand that you may also go down 12 or 15%. You may, you know, if, if the market corrects and we go into recession, uh, in a growth portfolio or aggressive growth portfolio, you could easily sustain a, you know, a 25 to 50% loss over that time period, uh, depending upon what you are invested in. So that is risk. It, it is, is used with the other term risk tolerance. All right. How much can I afford to lose? Okay. And what determines that is number one, um, is your, your emotion, your, your peace of mind. Uh, even though you may have the time horizon and your age and the income and the current assets uh, may say that, yeah, you could you could actually, you know, sustain some some loss and be, uh, you know, a moderate growth or aggressive growth portfolio. But in reality, if you've seen that your account is down 20 or 30 percent over a, you know, a, a month or a quarter period that you just lose sleep, uh, that your fixation is on the the account balance. Regardless of all those other factors that, that involve uh, determining your risk tolerance, that one is probably the most important uh, because if, if you are that concerned about it, then you shouldn't be exposed to that much risk. So let me, let me just, uh, th this isn't about determining risk today. This is about how to handle risk. But determining risk a lot of time is time horizon, okay, current income, current assets, uh, the time that you're going to need the money, okay? Do you need it within, you know, one to two years, uh, three to five years, five to 10 years, or in excess of 10 years? Normally, in excess of 10 years, we call that a long-term time horizon. If you have a need for the, the, the funds that you invest within 12 to 24 months, it's a short-term time horizon. That normally dictates that, hey, you know, we, we can't be involved in something that involves a lot of risk because we can't afford to lose it if we need that money in, in a short time period. So those are, are some of the factors. There are others, but the, those are some of the factors that are involved in determining risk. Now, once risk is determined, and this is the topic of, of today's program, whether you are a conservative risk uh, uh, person or whether you are an aggressive risk person, it, it doesn't matter what your risk tolerance is in regards to this topic. The topic is diversification. Now, it's one of the, the best options to lessen, lessen the exposure to risk. Okay? Now, what is diversification? Number one, the biblical reference to diversification is found in Ecclesiastes when King Solomon says this, invest in seven ventures, yes, eight, you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Now, we've all used the term, don't put all your, your eggs in one basket. That, that's what King Solomon is talking about. Don't, don't and throw all of your money into one thing. I'll tell you a story uh, to kind of prove my point here. So, many years ago, and I may have told this story before, but it's, it's worth uh, revisiting. Uh, many years ago, I had a gentleman working for me that said, Hey, Jay, uh, my brother want your opinion on something. Um, this was the late nineties, 2000 time period. He said, uh, would you, would you be willing to talk to him and give him some advice? I said, well, sure. So what's, what's his story? Well, he works for Enron. Well, I don't know if any of you remember, but Enron was, uh, the kind of like the Cinderella of the investment world. Everyone was saying how great Enron was. I think they were based out of Houston, Texas. Now, I may be wrong there. But it was, it was Texas. So, at the time, everyone was just singing the praises of Enron, all right? So 
I spoke to to my employee's uh, uh, brother, and he faxed me uh, his 401k statement, uh, profit sharing plan. And about 90% of his his retirement savings wa- was in or were in Enron stock. Instead of investing in you know different uh, underlying portfolios within the 401k, he was buying he was buying Enron stock. He worked for the company. He loved the company. Uh, he believed in the company, and he was putting all of his money in Enron stock profit uh, stock purchase program. I said, "Listen, brother," I said, "That's that's not a good idea." He's like, "Well, why?" I said, "Well, you know, regardless, uh, you know, all of your exposure is into one position." And he's like, Jay, he said, you know, the company's great. I believe in the company. Um, at the time, he had about half a million dollars of Enron stock. And I was like, listen, I said, you've got to diversify. You know, you have to. He's like, no. He said, I actually just wanted your opinion on, on if I should, should double up. I'm like, no. My opinion is, no, you should not double up. In fact, you should reduce your portfolio holding to about 10% or less. He's like, no. Not going to do it. So regardless, he didn't take, he wanted my advice, but he didn't like my advice and he didn't take it. Okay. Long story short, Enron went belly up. He's living in a camper now. Okay. He was 62 or 63 years of age when he asked my opinion. The opportunity for him to recover half a million dollars is non-existent. He's not working anymore. He's retired. He's living on social security. He lost half a million dollars because he was not diversified. So diversification, and King Solomon saying, divide by seven and yes, eight, don't put all your eggs in one basket, is a tool to reduce risk exposure. So <clears throat> I mentioned that regardless of what your risk tolerance is determined to be through a risk tolerance questionnaire, you can diversify regardless of what type of portfolio that you're looking at. So... Let me give you an example. Let's say that you're a conservative risk tolerance, which means you just can't sustain much risk. Whether you're close to retirement age, your assets don't don't qualify you for, for anything above a conservative portfolio. Let's say that it's non-qualified assets. And you say, you know, how do I diversify non-qualified assets um, <coughs> and, and lower my risk exposure? It's a good question. How can you do that? Well, you can diversify among a conservative portfolio. I'm just going to give you some examples. This is not advice. This is just examples of how you diversify a conservative portfolio. You may use a handful of municipalities based on maturity dates. Okay? You may have one that, that, that matures in, in five years, another one in 10, another one in 15. Uh, and to include in that portfolio, you can say, I have a mixture of municipalities, I have a mixture uh, or a laddering of CDs with different maturity rates. I have a mixture of multi-year guarantee annuities. I've got money market in there. I've got some U.S. Treasuries. I've got, I've got a, just a, a, a basket full of conservative investments, but it's all not in one thing, right? This is not rocket science. Diversify across a myriad of different conservative investments, municipalities, uh, government bonds, treasuries, CDs, fixed annuities, money markets, that type of thing, right? Diversified. Now, even though it's conservative and you're normally investing in conservative things because there's very low risk, you still have inflation risk. You have interest rate risk, 
which means that you may not be able to renew at the rate that you're at. So therefore, we 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 ladder, L A D D E R. We ladder your your maturity dates um, based on your time horizon. You can you can actually diversify a conservative portfolio adequately. Um, let's let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Let's say that you are 40 years of age. You're making $100,000 a year. You have no debt. Uh, uh, you've got a pretty long time horizon. You've got you know a, a decent income, and you qualify for a growth slash aggressive growth portfolio. How do you how do you diversify uh, a portfolio like that? Well, it could be a number of things. You could look at now, now, these are based on sizes of companies. You could say small cap, mid cap, large cap. Okay, you could go down as far as, far as like a micro cap. Um, and within those, there are different things such as, as um, utilities, energy, real estate, uh, technology, uh, uh, clean energy, uh, technology. I mean, the, the, the opportunity for diversification is immense. Okay, it's immense. And then we can even break it down further than that. You can say, well, yeah, I want a piece of, of real estate. Well, that doesn't mean you just go out and buy uh, a one real estate fund. You may diversify across those particular breakdown sectors. So you could diversify retail properties, office properties, uh, multi-level housing uh, properties, uh, healthcare properties. You could diversify within sub, uh, in subgroups within groups, all right? You say, well, I want, uh, um, you know, technology. Well, within technology, you've got, you know, robotics. You've got uh, just a, a number of things, you know, fiber optics, 5G, um, you know, the cellular. It's, it, it, it's, it's unlimited. But you, you could take your, your you divide by seven and yes, eight. Doesn't mean that you're limited to seven or eight at the minimum. Okay, we're looking at diversification to to reduce risk. So you can diversify across a broad plane of investments. And does that does diversification mean that you won't lose any money? It doesn't mean that. Does that mean that your your account value won't go down? No, it doesn't mean that. What it does is it reduces the risk of investing in a company that may default. On paying their coupons or their their dividends, it may reduce may reduce your risk of companies that are filing filing Chapter Eleven. I'm not a big fan of individual positions unless you've got the assets that you could diversify with with the the level of assets. I normally, if someone it comes to me and they have less than a hundred thousand dollars and they say, you know, I want to buy this stock and this stock and this stock, normally I say, listen, it's really hard to diversify in individual positions with the amount of assets that you have. You're better off looking at closed-ended funds, ETFs, mutual funds, that type of thing, okay? Indexes that that you can actually spread out over that particular sector, all right? But when you say, I want to buy uh, uh, General Motors or I want to buy, uh, uh, you know, one of these new stocks that's or one of these stocks that's, uh, you know Pfizer that you know that's working on the the vaccination. I want to buy that. You got to be careful, okay? You put all your eggs in one basket, like my my buddy's brother did. 
it all all it takes is one FDA uh, decline. You know, it looks like they're going to pass. It looks like they're going to pass. It looks like they're going to pass. Then the FDA says, "Wait a minute, we ain't going to pass it." You can see that stock price spiral that day. So it, you're better off if you're looking at healthcare to diversify across a healthcare industry. Um, and you could do that with, you know, based on your assets, uh, with ETFs or indexes or closed-ended funds or, or possibly a mutual fund. Uh, and you say, well, you know, if I reduce my, my risk through diversification, I also reduce the opportunity for gain. That's where the question comes in. What's more important to you? You know, we, we, we shouldn't be gambling, right? We shouldn't be gambling. Um, it, it really is a question of, uh, everyone is a, it, and I say this with a, with a grin, everyone is a growth investor until the market corrects. And then it's like, whoa, 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 what, what happened here? So that's the situation. So in a nutshell, and in, in, in kind of in review, what does diversification do and why is it important? Number one, in a time of uncertainty, I think it's very important. Diversification is always important, but it re- the focus on in my life as a as a financial planner, it, it is highly important right now to spread the risk because we don't know policy what the policy change is going to be. We don't know what the political environment is going to be. We don't know ge- uh, geopolitically what's going to be. We don't know from a health scare standpoint, you know how this is going to affect the economy. You know is the is is you know. The vaccination, uh, six months after people take it, start causing problems. You see what I mean? There's, there's a lot of, of opportunity for uncertainty. And diversification can, can l- reduce your risk within your own risk tolerance. That's the point. The reality is this. King Solomon gave wonderful advice when he said, divide by seven and yes, eight, because you do not know what disasters tomorrow will bring. It is absolutely some of the best advice when it comes to investing that you could follow. And the other thing is this, once you are diversified, you've got to watch your balances balancing. So if you're 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, so you've got five different portfolios of ETFs or sectors within your investments. And one of them does really, really well. And it's at 30% and the other one's dropped, you know, another one dropped to 10 uh, you, you got to look at sometimes automatic or manual rebalancing of that uh, uh, portfolio because you get overweighted, all right? You get overweighted. And, and you know, the only problem with being overweighted is you say, well, you know, this one has done so well. Why would I want to rebalance back into something that's not doing so well? Well, that's dollar cost averaging. There's a number of factors that actually show over a long term that's probably a really good idea to rebalance so with that being said um that's it diversification is is necessary uh regardless of the amount of money that you have in the market you could diversify in steps or you could diversify all at once based on the amount of assets you have and like i said whether you're within a 401k 403b 457 ira roth um You've got to look to be able to diversify within those types of accounts, right? Even if you're not in the market and you say, you know, Jay, I just don't trust anybody. Uh, I want stuff guaranteed. Well, then diversify by laddering, whether it be treasuries, bonds, 
um, CDs, multi-year guarantee annuities, that type of thing. Ladder those, all right, because you have inflation risk and interest rate risk within those. Uh, ladder those, which means they have different maturity dates, right? It's a really good idea. So listen, if you have questions, you, you want a review of, of your, your diversification, uh, you want some input on your diversification, um, and then it, here's the added caveat. The most important thing here is being obedient. We must be biblically responsible in how we do these things. We've got to make sure that these, these diversified holdings actually line up with our beliefs. That's priority number one. All right? You know, if, for example, if, if you say, I don't believe in killing unborn children, then make sure that you don't own investments that support or profit from the abortion industry. Right? I'll help you through that. We've got, I can actually send you a link. Uh, that you can screen uh, some of your own investments. If you want help screening your investments, I'd uh, be happy to do that as well. Um, you can find the contact information regardless of what the question is. Uh, KingdomPlanAdvisory.com KingdomPlanAdvisory.com uh, You can sign up for a free consultation. You can shoot me a message saying, Jay, you know, I, I don't know if I'm properly diversified. Uh, Jay, you mentioned something about biblically responsible investing. I don't know what my underlying, or underlying investments hold. Uh, that type of thing. So uh, be happy to help you. Be happy to help you. Once again, kingdomplanadvisory.com. God bless. I hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit kingdomplanadvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.